Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. In 1982, Canada did something that would seem absolutely insane to most Americans. They rewrote their constitution. Until then, Britain technically still had the power to make changes to it whenever they wanted. But after the 1982 Constitution Act was passed, Canada was finally in charge of its own affairs, and at last became a fully free, independent, and sovereign nation. The moment the Queen puts her signature on this document, it becomes law. The Constitution is now home. Tucked away in the Constitution Act was a bullet point under Section 35. It reads, The existing Aboriginal and treaty rights of the Aboriginal peoples of Canada are hereby recognized and affirmed. It was one of the landmark achievements that Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau brought up in his speech that day. We now have a charter which defines the kind of country in which we wish to live, and guarantees the basic rights and freedoms which each of us shall enjoy as a citizen of Canada. Unfortunately, Section 35 wasn't so cut and dry. The Constitution recognized and affirmed all existing indigenous rights, but it didn't exactly say which rights those were. Section 35 was essentially a blank canvas in the middle of the Canadian Constitution. Those blank spots would have to be filled in by the courts. Indigenous people filed lawsuits or challenged arrests, mostly over things like fishing, hunting, and territorial rights. And slowly over the last 40 years, that canvas has been filled in bit by bit, a patchwork of legal battles that define the bounds of what Native people in Canada can and can't do. But there is one prominent issue that remains unresolved, the legality of the tobacco trade, whether Native people can buy and sell tobacco tax-free. 
Derek hoped to be the person to paint across that blank spot. I'm the only one that's ever, uh, you know, tried to fight it. I mean, that's one of the reasons why one of my, uh, my, my lawyers told me, he said he worked for the government, federal government, for 30 years on excise, and he said uh, they, the government always won every time, every court case. So he said, basically, why are you trying to do it? I said, well, yeah, but did anybody ever fight it? And he said, no, you got a point there. Nobody ever fought it, so they always took the deal. I said, well, I'm going to fight it and see what happens. The worst, the worst can happen is spend all kinds of money and get thrown in jail. Well, I'll, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna plead guilty to it. Though, that's for sure because I'm not guilty of doing anything. When Derek filed his constitutional challenge, it had to go through a court review process, and once the judge agreed to hear Derek's argument, it meant that his guilty verdict was put on pause. He wouldn't go to prison or have to pay a fine until his constitutional challenge was finished. Sort of like overtime for his criminal trial. His constitutional case was slated to begin a few months after the guilty verdict. So Derek got himself the best native rights lawyers that money could buy and put them to work crafting a defense. My name is Vincent Carney. I'm a lawyer at uh, O'Reilly André Grégoire et Associé in Montreal. So our firm, uh, specializes in the uh, defense of uh, Aboriginal nations or uh, helping them achieve uh, recognition for their rights. Vincent is the junior lawyer on Derek's legal team. They plan to make the case that as an Indigenous person, Derek has a right to trade tobacco tax-free. It was a right that was protected by various treaties that Mohawks had signed with the colonial government centuries earlier. That right is constitutionalized and would prevail um, over uh, the statutory framework that, um, that exists in Canada. And because of those rights, those provisions are not applicable to them in the circumstances of these proceedings. So the argument, as I understand it, is that these laws should not apply because they are native. And so, therefore, they did not commit a crime. In simplified terms, yes, that's accurate. So because Section 35 of the Canadian Constitution says that all existing Aboriginal rights are recognized, that means that Derek and Hunter's actions should be fully legal in the eyes of the law. We didn't change the rules. They did. For Hunter Montour, who's fighting the case alongside Derek, this is just another case of Canada ignoring treaties and negotiations that already answered these questions hundreds of years ago. There are rules that were set up and agreements made prior to Canada, prior to the United States. There were agreements made that we honored, and we still follow, we still follow them. And it's like playing a game of cards with somebody, and they just decide they're going to change the rules so they can win. Hunter believes that, of course, Mohawks have a right to free trade across the border. They were doing it long before Canada even existed. This is a cut-and-dry case. But whether the courts will actually agree with them He's not so sure. I don't know what happens. I don't, I've, nobody's ever been this far, I think. I, as far as I know, nobody's been this far. Well, that's not entirely true. Because back in the 1980s, another Mohawk took border crossing issues all the way to the Canadian Supreme Court. And it became one of the most famous native rights cases of the 20th century. It's already been litigated on when one individual, Mike Mitchell case, when he did it on his own, it was a grandstanding gesture. 
Doug George Canendio is a prominent Mohawk journalist from Mike's community. Mike Mitchell took it upon himself to take goods across in this very symbolic, highly publicized act. He thought he was going to be a great savior. In a lot of ways, Derek was following in Mike's footsteps. Even though Mike's case wasn't about tobacco, it was a prime example of Mohawk activism and how the court system could be a powerful tool for Native rights. But it was also a cautionary tale of what could happen if things went wrong. It was a dumb case that never should have been argued before the court, but Mike did it anyway. From Campside Media and Dan Patrick Productions, this is Running Smoke. I'm Rajiv Gola, and this is episode six, The Test Case. There's been many wrongs done in the past. There's a documentary that came out back in the 1960s called You Are On Indian Land. The film begins with a young man speaking before a packed room of journalists and activists. He's wearing a black blazer and a thick beaded belt around his neck. The crowd is dead silent, hanging on his every word. We don't want to be a Canadian citizen. We don't want to be American citizens. They told us a long time ago that we were North American Indians. And today we feel this way too. The film documents a protest held in the winter of 1969, when Mohawks from the Aguasasane Mohawk Territory shut down the international bridge linking Canada and the U.S. across the St. Lawrence River. Their demand was for both countries to recognize their right to cross the border freely, with groceries, clothes, and whatever else, without having to pay a customs tax. The world is looking at us. The whole world is looking at us right here and now. Are we going to give up? No. 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 Or are we going to fight until there's not one Indian left here? Dozens of activists, young and old, bundled up against the harsh winter and took over the bridge early in the morning. They blocked cars from passing in both directions and handed out flyers that said, Notice, this is an Indian reserve. Eventually, Canadian police arrived with batons and began arresting the protesters. One of the first to be arrested was the young man with the beaded necklace, who went by the name Mike Mitchell. See you guys in Disneyland. My name is Michael Ganatdegelu Mitchell, and I'm a Mohawk from Akwesasne Mohawk Nation. I am from the Wolf Clan, and a faithkeeper in a longhouse, and former Grand Chief of the Mohawk Council of Akwesasne. Last year, I met Mike for soup and cheesecake at a restaurant just outside the Aguasaste Mohawk Territory in upstate New York. Mike is now 71 years old and retired from politics, though he still garners immense respect for his tenure as the Aguasaste Grand Chief. I occupied that position for over 30 years. His leadership was marked by the same activist spirit he showed back in 1969. It's the kind of leadership that a place like Aguasaste demanded because it was in a rather unique position. Half of the reservation of Akwesasne, half of it is in Canada, and the other half is in the United States. And then uh, the part that's in Akwesasne on the Canadian side, half of that is in Ontario, and then the other half is in the province of Quebec. There's five different jurisdictions over one community. Between two border agencies, state cops, provincial cops, and federal cops from both sides, Aguasasne was under a lot of pressure. 
It made life complicated for everybody there. Most of the workforce were people that worked in the United States, and a good part of the workforce were the iron workers. They'd go to New York, Boston, Philadelphia, New Jersey, etc., and come home on weekends. The wives and the women would buy their groceries and clothing in uh, nearby stores in upstate New York. And it's hard to uh, imagine that our daily lives were affected by border of some kind, some authority, some government. And it, it affected everybody. Decades after Mike's dramatic protest on the bridge, little had changed in the everyday lives of Mohawks on the border. They were forced to submit to vehicle searches, ID checks, and had to pay customs on the basic goods they needed for their everyday life. Hours every day were just swallowed up waiting in long lines. And hard-earned dollars were paid to a system they believed was unjust. And so the elder says, well, we got to make them listen. we got to let them know we're very serious about protecting our right. we got to fight for it. We could lose everything. They could deny us all recognition of indigenous right of uh, border crossing. And the whole question was, <clears throat> well, then the right to cross, the right to work, the right to go to school, uh, community goods. They, they were kind of tired of their harassment. They said, let's, let's, rather than more blockades, more people going to jail, let's, let's make a fight of it. Let's do the test case. They decided to fight the border crossing laws in court. It was a high stakes gamble. For us, that's what it meant. We, we should try to get a, a verdict and, and have it reconfirmed that we have that right. Canada's idea was <clears throat> once it's over and the court determines that they have no rights, then we're back in control. Hold on, we'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You're listening to Run and Smoke from Campside Media. Mike's plan was to stage a symbolic protest. He would fill his pickup with basic goods and drive across the border. When the border agents demanded that he pay taxes, he would refuse. And once he got a ticket for breaking the law, he could make his case in court. It seemed pretty foolproof, and Mike got a lot of support from the community. They uh, took up a collection after so many meetings and all, and uh, they went to Messina, New York, and bought groceries, they bought furniture, and a refrigerator and a washing machine. They took my truck, loaded up with the groceries and the furniture, there's a big pile, and, and some of the women and elders got on the truck and we walked there across the border. Hundreds of people followed behind Mike's blue Chevy square body in support of his protest. I came across, got to the customs, Canadian customs compound, and I declared everything. And they said, uh, you owe um, 400 and some dollars of uh, duty, uh, dutable tax. And I said, well, I'm not paying because I am invoking my indigenous right. And that's how it began. When Mike refused to pay the tax, cops swarmed his truck. with the RCMP. Would you please stop the vehicle before somebody gets hurt? I'm sorry, but I can't stop. And I put everything back into the truck and I slowly drove away because there was, you know, quite a lot of people around and they, they would not let me surrender or, or give it up. As Mike tried to drive away, CBC News crews mobbed his truck and caught the confrontation on camera. Under Section 31, Mike, of the Customs Act, I'm arresting you. Would you come with me, please? Under Section Article 3, 1794, J Treaty, I have rights to cross, and I'm going through with personal goods from Mohawk people. Mike kept on pushing through the other side of the border. His mission was to get all the stuff in his truck to the Mohawk Reservation of Tyendinaga, about 70 miles away. Cops followed him the whole time, and he was worried that he wouldn't actually make it all the way without getting pulled over. So he radioed his people. I don't think we're going to make it out of, too far out of Cornwall. And within five minutes, a whole army of about 50 trucks and cars, so many got in front of our caravan and others behind. And so they escorted me all the way to Tandanega. 40, 50 miles out, there was uh, one lone RCMP, mounted police. He pulled, he pulled across and um, he said, I know what you are doing and this is the right way to do it. You're trying to pursue a non-violent way to get your point across. He said, but I have to deliver this charge. And, and this is for all the stuff that's in your truck that came across the border. He said, we're backing off. We'll see you in court. Then he drove off. This is what the whole protest was leading up to. He finally had a ticket that stated the taxes he owed. 
It was a document he could take to court. And a few months later, he got his chance to plead his community's case before a judge. His argument was based off the Jay Treaty, named after John Jay, who negotiated the deal back in 1794. The treaty was signed between the U.S. and Great Britain after the Revolutionary War and included a clause guaranteeing Native Americans the right to free trade and free passage across the northern border. Canada, however, says the treaty doesn't apply because it was signed before their independence. Mike Mitchell told the judge about his people's historical right and that borders did not apply to indigenous people whose governments had been around for thousands of years before colonists ever arrived on the continent. Much to Mike's surprise, much to everyone's surprise, the judge agreed. The court essentially recognized that all native people across Canada, from coast to coast, have the right to cross a border without paying customs or taxes. Mike had won big. There were cars honking their horns, going back and forth. People were uh, parading. Uh, it probably was a very joyous, I, I did not um, anticipate a decision like that, but I was very happy. But Mike had been around long enough to know that victories like this for Native communities were going to be short-lived. I said, we told you we would not appeal to a test case, but we need to go back for greater certainty, they called it. And they got that at the Court of Appeal. Mike was told that the Canadian government would be appealing the decision. He would have to defend Mohawk rights yet again. Three judges heard the same thing over again, and they reduced that right coast to coast to all of Quebec, all of Ontario, and all of New York State. The federal appeals court had overturned the first judge's decision and instead limited the right to free border crossing to just the Native people living in the traditional Mohawk homelands in the eastern part of the country. It was a big blow, but it wasn't a total defeat. Could we live with it? Yeah, we could negotiate with that. But I started getting suspicious right from there that something else is going to happen. They were, they were freaked out. Mike had good reason to be suspicious, because during this time there was a new industry starting up in Mohawk territories, an industry that Canada saw as a threat to their financial stability. Contraband tobacco. We didn't realize it, but this is a billion-dollar industry. So it became a big topic in Canada. Their big thing in Canada was we're losing a lot of revenue. Uh, indigenous uh, communities are making millions um, on, on uh, tax-free, uh, duty-free. They said um, <clears throat> indigenous people could threaten the financial stability of Canada, uh, the financial institutions of the country, etc. They were freaking out. So if the tobacco industry wasn't a factor... Do you think Canada would have come to the negotiating table after the first win? Yeah, yeah. In the end, Mike's suspicions were borne out. The prosecutors weren't happy with the outcome from the appeals court, and they appealed once again. This time, to the Supreme Court of Canada. And my job as Grand Chief was to say, well, we gotta keep fighting, you know, we gotta persevere, you know, we, we can't give up. And the elders are saying the same thing. We'll get into all that right after the break. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. In 2001, nearly 15 years after Mike first crossed the bridge in his pickup, the Supreme Court handed down its decision. The Supreme Court decided uh, that the Mohawks of Bakwizasi did not trade across the St. Lawrence River. To this day, there's seminars put on by lawyers trying to figure out what the hell did Canada mean by that? Nobody could make sense of it. The Supreme Court decided that Mohawks never had a right to cross the border. According to the history that the government's experts presented, Mohawks never traded north-south across the St. Lawrence River, which marks the U.S.-Canada border. Instead, they claimed Mohawks conducted their trade east to west, above the St. Lawrence. And therefore, they don't have a right to free passage across the border today. You play the game exactly the way they laid it out. You get the decision, and then they yank it back away. I lost all respect. I didn't think I would ever live to see the day that it was so blunt uh, <clears throat> that they weren't going to let it happen. The impact of the decision was felt across Canada immediately. Customs police began enforcing border taxes with a new vigor, and indigenous advocates were crushed. The whole saga begged the question of whether it was worth fighting the status quo if losing meant having your rights officially denied. What was the effect of his loss there? Uh, it, was, it was bad. Kenneth Deer is the founder of the Eastern Door newspaper and a longtime community leader in Ganawage Mohawk territory. You know, we, first of all, he was told don't do it, and, but he wouldn't listen and he went ahead. Don't do it by... A lot of people in the longhouse were mm-hmm. telling him not, not to do it. On what grounds? Well, because of the risk mm-hmm. you know, of losing, you know. And, uh, and which would happen. 
people were pissed. I always say that you, you stay out of courts. Don't go to the courts. Stay, stay out of it. And um, and and uh, sometimes we just get shoot ourselves in the foot that way, you know. And uh, as if courts don't mean anything to us, but they do. It's easy to say that the courts don't matter to indigenous people. They're modern institutions trying to govern ancient societies. They're made up of experts who aren't native, laws imported from colonists, and judges who aren't trained in indigenous history. But at the end of the day, the courts have a very real impact on the lives of indigenous people, regardless of whether those decisions are considered legitimate. Steve Bonspiel, editor of the Eastern Door newspaper, has seen what happens with these sorts of cases time and time again. We have to fight in a system that inherently is weighted against us, uh, a country that inherently doesn't accept us or even to the worst point hates us. And, and we have no choice. What are we going to do? You know, so it's not a surprise when people, you know, go and, and uh, stand up uh, against the pipeline or block a, an entranceway or whatever, grassroots, because there's no other way, you know. And, um, and I think that's the tough part is that this court system is set up to serve certain people. And it's not us, you know, and that's the, the toughest part is you're fighting against this, um, this monster that has endless money and endless resources. There's always that uh, double standard of like, wait, the Mohawks are getting ahead. Okay, no, let's, let's nail them. Well, our people are getting ahead. No, that's fine. That's, that's innovation. That's, that's, you know, them evolving. The court's decision made it clear that this wasn't the place for indigenous people to affirm their rights. Canada would never give up any of its sovereignty to make space for indigenous communities. It forced Indigenous advocates to ask themselves if they should even bother doing things through the quote-unquote proper channels, if the system was rigged against them in the first place. Peggy Mayo's stand-up is a former chief on the Mohawk Council of Ganawage and one of Derek's expert witnesses for the constitutional challenge. She's had a front-row seat to Derek's case since he first went to court on criminal charges. And the way she sees it, Derek and Hunter are fighting this thing the only way they can. When you look across Canada, uh, all the cases that have gone to court, like land claims, every every kind of case that you could think of, even with the tax exemption regarding working on the outside but working for a native entity, all of that, all those challenges that have been done all the years back, unemployment, and the list goes on and on. Have we won a case? The answer is no, we haven't. We haven't won anything major. I mean, then what is the value of fighting any of these in the court? Well, to me, there's no other way to fight it. What else are you going to do? You're not going to have a war over it because we're not going to win. I mean, we're like if you look at it as uh, indigenous people across the country, we're like one percent of the population, one percent. And I mean, it's like we're, we're, we have no chance of taking our arrows out and okay, we're going to go to battle now with them. There's no way we can do that. So there's only one way to do it is in the courts and have your faith and trust that you're going to find some lawyer who's going to be committed and dedicated and finding every loophole and cover every loophole to get us through this court. It's our only option. Hunter Montour, Derek's co-accused. I'm not going to sit in Ganawagi my whole life because I don't want to turn myself in. I'm not going to do that. So it is what it is, and we're trying to take the fight wherever we can take it. And then we'll see who's ready to keep fighting and go on. And who's, who's really cut out for this and who isn't? Who really wants to fight? How far do you want to go? It's not about standing in the tree line and trying to scare policemen and uh, army guys. This is, a, this is the way things are done now. This is the fight. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if I... 
if I win and when I do win this, it's business as usual for everyone else. And if I lose, which I probably ain't going to lose, it's still, it's going to stay status quo. I mean, it's going to continue until a long time after I'm dead, you know. So it's just, it's, it's our trade. I mean, it's not going to die. It's not going anywhere. The government just needs to understand that this thing ain't going to go away. Even by finding, if I'm found guilty, which I won't, it's still going to continue. We don't pay taxes. We're, we are not people that will follow the, the Canadian laws or stuff like that. I mean, we, um, we're here. They stole all our land and they're crying over a little bit of freaking tobacco money. <sighs> they could, you know what? They, that's what they can do. <laughs> Give us our land back, plain and simple. We're stuck and we're surrounded by all these outsiders and, and they want to try to, you know, tell us what to do. It ain't, it ain't going to happen. Our government need to step up and say, okay, well, let's fight this as a, as a whole, the whole Turtle Island. Every reserve or territory where Native people live, they need to be stepping up and fighting this because it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, it's right to the top right now, so... It's where it's where it's supposed to be. It's been one people been wanting this for years, but I don't think they're ready to fight it. And I am. I'm gonna do it because it, I mean it's it's my life. It's my livelihood. Uh, I'm fighting this right till uh, right till the end. Derek and Hunter were gearing up for the fight of their lives against the Canadian government, but before they even stepped foot in court they got a call from the Mohawk Nation Council of Chiefs, the highest level of traditional government that oversees all eight Mohawk territories. They were calling to make a simple demand. They wanted Derek and Hunter to drop their case. They were basically asking plead guilty and just take a deal or whatever and not fight it. But uh, we already had it set that we're going to fight this. They just didn't feel that it was my fight. It's kind of a whole nation, like everybody's fight. So I said, now it's the perfect time. I was pissed. And I told him how I felt. I said, what are you doing here? Who sent you? Because I don't know who the hell these people are. And if you're not here to help, what are you here for? Next time on Running Smoke. There's no middle ground over there. Either you're for or you're against. I said, well, what the hell's the point of having these tools if we can't use them? When are you going to use them? It was the Wild West. You're doing 100, 110, and the car you're pursuing is throwing beer bottles at you. They would ride around in these souped-up cars and trucks with these weapons whose only purpose was to kill other human beings. Running Smoke is a production of Campside Media, Dan Patrick Productions, and Workhouse Media. The series was written and reported by me, Rajiv Gola. 
Our producers are Aaliyah Papes, Lane Gerbig, and Julie Denishay. Our editors are Michelle Lands and Emily Martinez. Sound design and original music by Mark McAdam. Additional sound and mixing by Ewen Lai Tremuen. Additional reporting by Susie McCarthy. Our executive producers are Dan Patrick, Josh Dean of Campside Media, Paul Anderson, Nick Pinella, and Andrew Greenwood for Workhouse Media. Fact-checking by Mary Mathis and Angeli Mercado. Artwork by Polly Adams, and additional thanks to Greg Horn, Johnny Kaufman, Sierra Franco, Elizabeth Van Brocklin, and Sean Flynn. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.